Hello, Life Pals. Renee here. We're going to look at Genesis 2 together. So let's jump right in. Uh, starting in verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. So we see here that God is just saying, everything that I was going to make, I've made. And uh, Andrea Lee did such an amazing job of going through God's creation as described in Genesis 1. So we thank her for that. And then verse 2, God rested from his labors. It's the seventh day. He did creating in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested and he called this day or he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So I think it's cool that God is showing us um, that rest is, is, is a portion of our existence, that we, we labor, but we also rest from our labors, and he's modeling that for us. And now we have, starting in verse four, a quick review of God's creation story, particularly his crowning creation, man, and the elements of creation that man would need to survive. Um, water and plant food. So um, from there it goes into um, verse 8 starting with a description of Eden. So let's look at some of these particulars about the garden that God made. Verse 8, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then it goes on to describe the waters, the river in, in Eden and how it became headwaters uh, for four rivers um, stemming out of that. So it must have been a massive river there in the garden. Um, but there's a lot of details surrounding that and um, I think it's interesting where we see here how God intended to live with man because it says in verse 13, the Lord, I'm sorry, verse 15, the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden, garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil for when you eat of it, you will surely die. So we see um, that God has created a boundary, that there is a tree that is off limits. And Pastor John preached on Sunday about um, that every healthy relationship has boundaries. And, and God's word is establishing for us the understanding of how we live in this covenant relationship with God. And there are boundaries, just like God explained to Adam concerning the garden. But I like to consider Eden a, a reward for man, that even though he didn't work to grow these trees, God placed him in the garden that already had the trees bearing the fruit. And he said, you can eat from any of these trees. And that's the relationship that we have with God that we should always keep before us in our mind's eye. We should always picture that God is the provider that even though we are designed for work and as God placed Adam there to work it, God is the one who is providing for us. Um, and, and this is a sense of reward we have as being children of God, that um, he, he gives to us generously, that he's providing for us. 
and he wants that to be clear right from the onset of his relationship with man whom he created. He wants us to understand he is the provider and he gives to us. Um, there was this time where my, my, I had two dogs at the time and the one was getting very fussy um, with the other and it was all about food. And I remember I corrected the bossy dog, I'll just name him, it was Woody. And I grabbed Woody's snout and I made him look me in the eye and I said, look at me. And I said to Woody, I feed you. And right then I just heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and say, I know. And I was like, yep, that's what we do. We fight, we get angry, we act like we are our own resource and we've got to really fight to make things happen for our good. And all the while God's saying, hey, I made you a spread. Just like I was telling Woody, I feed you. You count on me, I feed you. Don't you go fussing at that dog over food. I take care of you. And that's what God wants us to know today. Eden is his reward. It's a place of presence with God. God placed Adam in the garden. He gave Adam purpose. And he said, I want you to care for it. I want you to uh, work this garden. And he's giving uh, Adam provision in the garden. Um, Eden, Eden represents to me provision. Eden represents um, power because when God creates a helper for Adam, the two become one, the Bible says here in chapter two. The two become one flesh. You know that statement is repeated, it's, it's stated five times in scripture. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So we're seeing in Eden uh, God's power to make two distinct people united as one through a covenant of marriage. So Eden to me represents like all that is good with God. In fact, when you look at this chapter two of Genesis, we are seeing something so entirely unique. You know, this is the place where rebellion against God has not yet occurred. We are seeing the perfection of what God intended for man in relationship with God man in relationship with his creation, and man in relationship with others. And it is just so hopeful because God is restoring us to that. Read the last two books of the Bible. Read the first two books and the last two books, and you will see God's intention for our relationship and our purpose in life. Um, I think what I would love for us to just apply from this study is understanding that even though we don't live in a garden in, in Eden, that man was banned from that place, that's chapter three. But um, here in chapter two, we see what God has for us. That if you're a child of God, you get God's presence. Um, when you trust God, you know his provision. When you work as God appoints you to work, you know God's purpose. And when you relate to others as God uh, would have us glorify and honor him in our relationship with others, um, and specifically marriage is, is addressed here in this chapter too, we know God's power to make us one. And I just wanna encourage married couples because uh, so many people have wondered if, if they married the right person or if you know, maybe, maybe they just made a mistake with this marriage. And, I would just say, believe upon the miracle, what God has done, 
A man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that's God's power at work in creating a dynamic union in the covenant of marriage. So I want to encourage you with a final thought that when, when you're disheartened by the world, if it's a place of unrest, and it is, when we, when we come back to Genesis 2 and we catch a glimpse again of what God intends for his children in relationship with him and in relationship with creation and in relationship with one another, this reality can be lived out um, in the fullest measure possible on this side of, of the eternal kingdom with God. Um, this to me speaks such a hope and it speaks such a picture of God's intention for us as his children. And so I would just like to pray over us in light of, of these um, beautiful words of Genesis chapter 2. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for revealing yourself to us as the God who is with us. God, it's always been your plan from the beginning. Not only that you would create man for your pleasure, but you would be, you would be present with man. And I thank you, God. I pray right now that this revelation of your presence is refreshing somebody in, the, in their soul, in their brokenness right now. And God, I want to thank you for your provision. You are faithful, God. You are faithful. You feed us, God. And thank you for purpose, God. And thank you that you created us to work in a way that's pleasurable. And we see a bigger picture. We see an appointment of God, just like Adam did. And God, I, I thank you for your power to restore, to heal, to create union where there's brokenness. We believe you for that right now, God, for every broken relationship that needs healing. God, you are the God of miracles. Cause each party to be humble in heart and to allow your Holy Spirit to move them and, and me and, and the brokenness in my life, move us toward the unity that you supernaturally create by your power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be blessed.